0: Season three, what sorry we missed you last week, uh, somebody had a wedding and forgot to edit the podcast. So if you want to send us angry emails, uh, you can always, as always, shoot us an email at plainsightpod at gmail.com or hit us on our socials at plainsight underscore pod. You can send us mean things, you can send us happy things. Pod suggestions uh, You can send us your thoughts and prayers Whatever you like, we want to hear from you um, And we got season 3 coming up We're pumped, we're doing our favorite European artist British Invasion With a bunch of awesome, random, cool, plain sight stuff In between It's going to be great We're talking beetles today We talk different types of beetles um, In our intro We got pistachios and almonds um, And it's going to be a whirlwind So Hang on tight We're coming at you in three, two, one, boink.
1: It sounds kind of yucky.
0: That's gonna be in the intro to this episode, isn't it? We're talking about pistachio. I've got an almond take. Can we have it real quick? Never in my life have I ever said, I would like to eat an almond. Have you ever eaten beige? It's an almond. I am
1: mildly allergic to almonds.
0: What's up guys and gals, Uh, this is Alex here And you're listening to the Plain Sight Podcast I'm here with my good old buddies, my good old pals As always, Cam Jordan, Cam, what up? Ladybug, Water Scavenger, Weevil, Ringo Star. Let's talk about the Beatles Uh, And Zachary Cuyad.
1: For a second, I thought Cam was just doing the lyrics to Come Together Um, (laughs) Turns out he was naming Beatles and it took me a shockingly long time to realize that's what he was doing. I realized today that
2: I don't know very many Beatles.
0: Yeah, you said "Water Scavenger" like second. That would be shocking. so honest. It it wasn't until you finished that statement that I realized that's what Cam was doing. I thought he was just picking like random Beatles lyrics. <laughs> I thought he was just saying word. I thought he was having
1: a stroke and he was just saying words <laughs> at us.
0: Did you know yellow ladybugs aren't
1: actually ladybugs? Are those the they're like the Japanese beetles? Japanese beetles or whatever. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I was like, that's so weird. I thought they were just ladybugs and yellow ladybugs, you know? <laughs> Maybe they were man ladybugs. Oh. <laughs> the boy ladybugs are yellow? The boy ladybugs. Yeah, I like that. Um, we're talking about the Beatles today, right? That's yeah, the plan? Are. Yeah, we are. Okay. I sure hope so, because that's what I prepped. But like
2: because, specifically uh, the movie Yesterday, right? Just the movie about the Beatles, right? Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, starring Ed well, Sheeran and Kate McKinnon.
2: Yes, I'm
1: sh- That's why I remember being ready. in that movie, because it was weird to me that both of them were in that movie.
2: Yeah, but the main guy was someone no one had ever heard of. It was a I very weird I was dynamic. I to say, that's
1: not Ed Sheeran. See, and here's the <laughs> thing is, I didn't actually prep for that, so I don't know what his name is right now, <laughs> otherwise I would have so, said
0: that. Speaking of Ed Sheeran, this is season three. We made it. We did it. And we haven't gotten canceled yet. No, Cam, Cam almost. Cam this. almost got canceled. When? But... We haven't gotten canceled.
1: Every day for the last 10 years. Uh, Yeah, that's fair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I only 10. I wonder what happened 10 years ago. I don't want to talk about it. We're talking (laughs) British Invasion. Okay, so not specifically um, all the old rock bands from the British Invasion in the 60s, but we're going to talk the Beatles today. We're going to talk Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles. Did we decide on the 1975? I think we did. did. I I just spoke that into existence. We
1: have to now because you've said it on the internet
2: paul revere i'm pumped
1: yes because yeah, the british are
2: coming baby i don't
1: know that's all i got uh <laughs> <laughs> one if by land two oh. if by sea three if they invent planes real quick
0: <laughs> <laughs> real fast i don't know what it is but they're gonna Yo, planes. if they can learn
1: planes fly. you think they
2: all would have just said "Yeah, screw it we're done yeah you guys <laughs> you guys can have this place we changed our minds <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Never mind. You know, I,
1: we you know that price of tea we've decided worth it. <laughs> yeah, super. Super. Tea is okay, really good and we'll pay whatever we have to, that to price. get it. So
0: good. We will be back. <laughs> You're correct, so, George. If you have anything you would like us to talk about, we want to stay current in between our themed podcast. Please send us an email at at gmail.com. I repeat, at gmail com Or you can add us, Plainsight underscore pod, on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and Facebook's just Plainsight Podcast. See that little plug? I'm going to do it again at the top of the podcast, so you just got double dipped, baby. Double dip it. So today we're going to do one of our favorite segments, Throw It Backery with Zachary. Can I get a clap from the live studio audience? Thank you. Um, except it's not going to be Zachary. It's going to be Throw It Backery with Alexery. And nailed it. That's really good. It's Pander <laughs> with Man, Xander. I tried. Oh, my goodness. We're going to pander with Xander. And we're Maybe about Meander just, with Xander? Mm. I want us before. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Meander <laughs> through the history of rock and roll music. Meander with Xander. I want to set up the stage so we can effectively talk about the Beatles, their influence and why. So we're going to bring us back to the 1940s. A bunch of awesome things were happening in the 1940s that we probably won't divulge into. Uh, One of the things was the big music trend was big band jazz. Um, Big band jazz and country music. Guitars weren't that big a deal uh, because it seems unfathomable at this point. It was just so hard to amplify a guitar over the level of several trumpets that you would have, like, you watch these big band jazz videos and you have guys just wailing, like going mm-hmm. crazy on one guitar. And it's like, you can't hear them. What are they doing? It's like that background singer at the church. It's like, oh, yeah, you've got a lot of energy. You can come sing. But yeah, but you know their mic's not, not turned on. Not in, the mix. <laughs> not in the mix. Come on. That was me. I'm sorry, Felicia. Um, but I don't know a Felicia. That's why that, that's, that's good. That's, I that, was like that was the right name to, name to pick name. then. <laughs> so we've got big band jazz. And then in 1948, Leo Fender made the Telecaster, right? One of the most iconic guitars of all time. It became mass production. And what guitar players started to realize in the next couple of years coming forward were if you turned it up really loud in an amplifier, uh, the gain would start to crackle and distort because the speaker couldn't handle it and it made a super cool sound. So you take big band jazz, you take old crossroads blues, and you take country music and you throw them all into one and you get... What I think are four main guys that pushed through rock and roll. Those guys were Little Richard, R.I.P. We lost him just a couple months ago. Mm. Buddy Holly. R.I.P. We lost him a long time ago. Chuck Berry, Missouri native, shouts out. And um, Jerry Lee Lewis, who we will not talk about him as a personal human being. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Agreed. um, (laughs) Teaser, he married his 13-year-old cousin. Yeah. Um, What a guy. Some people in history are yucky you know a lot of people that yeah, okay, most battle in history arguably I'll I'll erase that history but um <laughs> as we dive into it so you have the 1950s we create rock and roll music and it becomes this phenomenon in pop music and then four guys in Liverpool decided they wanted to make a rock and roll band just like every other teenager on the planet you have George Harrison Ringo Starr John Lennon and Paul McCartney Mm. Now known as the Beatles. the Beatles. They get together, they start playing show, they spread like wildfire over in overseas, and then they decide to make the trip to the United States of America. Yeehaw. With this starts, they blow up. I mean, you gotta imagine like the craziest like Justin Bieber one direction like teenage girl riots, like that was nothing compared to what happened. With these weird, bowl-cut, lanky, nerdy-looking dudes from Liverpool. Should we bring the bowl-cut so back? There, sh- uh, yeah, bowl-cut never left, dog.
1: I mean, oh, that's bowl like bowl cut, the quarantine left. look, I think. is just letting the hair go and sit right on the, across the
0: forehead. Oh, that's fair. I love it. Honestly, one of these days I want to actually take a bowl and put it on top of my head. Like, <laughs> do it for real? <laughs> yeah, like just do the thing. Just do the thing. But, so, what I want to talk about is over the next seven, eight years... They turn music as we know it on its head. We're going to talk about some of those songs. We're going to talk about their influence, uh, some of the weird quirks about them. But to understand why the Beatles were so influential, they had, because of guys like Chuck Berry and Little Richard and Buddy Holly and Jerry Lee Lewis, they set the table for the Beatles to come and take it to an entirely new level. Guys, give me your favorite Beatle. Go. <sighs> um, Mine, dung beetle
1: dung beetle mm. well now i need to recalibrate what i'm thinking of the answer to my favorite beetle <laughs> question whatever your answer is <laughs> well i was gonna say paul mccartney um yeah, i think that's the answer but i didn't want us all to say it so yeah like, that's I why i went first well and i didn't want to take what i thought was you're gonna be gonna be your second pick alex so i i let you have it um but I think Paul McCartney is, is sort of undeniably one of the most influential individual musicians in the history of music. Like the yeah. the way that how instrumental he was in creating the Beatles, obviously, and and the songwriting that he did there. I mean, he has written some of the most iconic lyrics and melodies in all of music while he was working with the Beatles, and then beyond that, to have such a prolific personal career and to continue to, you know, be a, a musician, but also work for other musicians and, and, and continue yeah. to be that personality. I, I think he, he's just a really incredible guy.
2: Cameron, I think so. My my answer is is Paul McCartney because I, again I mean he played every instrument so well and Let me I mean double dip dude. They, well I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Ringo for the sole fact of as the drummer I always have to pay respect to the drummer because I feel like they're always underappreciated. Is he my favorite? No, but I want to pay respects to him. Um, he 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 got the job done. I we've talked about how um, he was. Probably a little bit overrated uh, as a drummer, but he's certainly iconic, and and so I think for for that yeah. reason, um, and I think there's a story out there uh, that he was actually the producer for the Beatles. Like he was like the manager or something. He did a lot something. of their production. Yeah. and mm-hmm. when they actually brought him on, there's a weird story of how he came in with the group. He wasn't originally a part of it, but he joined in later when they like they had 24 hours to record um, their their album because they could only pay for a certain amount of time, and he just happened to be there. And so they were like, hey, can can you drum for us? And they ended up loving the sound that came out of it. Um, And so I think that's kind of a cool story, kind of the way he came about. So for that reason, I'll go with him. Um, I think as a drummer, a little overrated, but I think kind of his origin story with the band is kind of cool.
1: He what did write, he wrote two songs recorded by the Beatles, and I, went, I had to confirm it before I said it out loud. Do either of you happen to know what either one of them are?
2: They've got oh, to be some Maureen. of the weirdest ones.
1: Yellow Submarine is a close pick to one of the real ones. He wrote Octopus's Garden. Awesome. Um, mm. So a different nautical-themed song that the Beatles recorded in that era. He also wrote Don't Pass Me By, which oh. I actually think is pretty good. Yeah. Cool. But, you know, with the hundreds of songs that the Beatles released, um, his two maybe aren't the ones that we're, like, pushing for, you know?
0: Sure. Well, the thing about Ringo is, and I guess I can give him credit, he didn't ruin the, Be- the Be- uh, Beatles? What, it's the true. The- I was like, he's not Marvin Lewis. He didn't ruin the <laughs> Bengals. But, no, he he never held them back, I don't think. Yeah. But... He is not on the level of the other three guys, and it's not close. No, he's right. not. we've talked about it before. That's he's a, a drummer who knows how, how to how stay in the pocket. He is, yeah, which as a musician is probably one of the most appreciated things about a drummer is he's not going to do too much. He's never going to ruin the song um, by thinking he has chops that he doesn't. <laughs> but uh, it's just one of those weird things where like George Harrison, iconic, Uh, Paul McCartney, iconic. John Lennon, for some reason, iconic. (laughs) And Ringo's just not. And he gets lumped in because he's got a cool name and he was part of the the Beatles, but uh, he's not on the same level. But you brought up a point, Zach, about songwriting that I think is ridiculously uh, super, super interesting. And that is the songwriting process for this band yeah super weird you talk about paul mccartney and john lennon they're like you recognize one of the greatest songwriting duos of all time but like they never wrote together
1: yeah there's not a lot of songs that are written by paul mccartney and john lennon right these are the paul songs and these are the john songs
0: even if it says john on there like not really right there was clearly
1: like a competition
2: bred between them like from the jump this wasn't like some dialogue that people developed after the fact, like this was, which one of us is a better songwriter?
0: That was a conversation happening then. I can guarantee it. Well, it's just so weird because, like, it's basically Paul McCartney would show up and be like, "Hey, I have a song." I'd be mm-hmm. like, "Cool, let's sing it." He'd be like, "Okay, I'll sing it." And then John Lennon was like, "Hey guys, I have a song. Let's sing it." I'd be like, "Cool, let's sing it." And then John Lennon sings it, and yeah. it was this super weird like. <laughs> And then George Harrison will be like, hey, I have a song. What do you guys sing it? they'll be like, oh, all right. If we have um, to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If we have to, we'll sing While My Guitar Gently Weeps, one of the best songs that the Beatles ever
0: performed. If you're going to force my hand, (laughs) I just might. (laughs) Um, What is, Zach, what is that movie slash musical that's only Beatles songs? I forget the name. Um, Across the Universe? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. The rendition of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I can't remember mm. the guy's name. I used to be obsessed with it. It is he is it's so good. So good. It's incredible. Um, sorry, I can't shout you out. I'll figure it out and I'll put you in the intro. But um,
2: He's he's listening, so you you, you should <laughs> Yeah, he's
0: serious. for sure paying attention to us. Cameron? Yes, sir. This is not the time for sarcasm. I, but it's <laughs> ge- good. It, I wasn't being sarcastic. Create, it clearly created a tension, like Cam brought up. And I think really, obviously, led to their really, really short-lived tenure as a band. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the oddest things is they're almost universally recognized as the most influential band of all time. Um, And they were only around like seven, eight years, really. And when you listen to their music, you... If you go album to album and you didn't look at what year they were written you would have thought this was a a 20 25 year maturity right for these guys of the ways their music was molded and even like just how music changes is why they're so influential like the tone of their music and the style that they wrote with changed around them like they were the catalyst for that change i'm a big rolling stones fan But it's funny, like the Rolling Stones would put out an album like six months, a year after the Beatles, and it would look the exact same and sound (laughs) the exact same. Yeah. Like they would literally, their album covers and album names would almost be identical to some of the Beatles songs. It's such a meme. Um, But I'm just a Keith Richards guy, and Mick Jagger's way cooler than John Lennon. But um, that I'll get behind. That is absolute facts. Like, I don't know if anyone's cooler than Mick Jagger. Come on.
1: It's a good thing we have Harry Styles to keep the tradition alive.
0: Come on now. Hey-oh. But it's, it's this weird thing where like music evolved so fast because they evolved so fast. Right. Yeah. And it's like everyone else needed to catch up. And that's something that I will give them even though I'm not always the biggest substance of the Beatles music fan. Uh, you can't argue that. And it's just right. so unique how fast how they came and went. Yeah, absolutely. For sure.
1: It's, it's It blows my mind every time to look at the timeline of what the Beatles were. Because the early 60s is all that, like, Ed Sullivan show and the Shea Stadium concert and uh-huh. just the hard days night and eight days a week and I want to hold your hand and that kind of vibe. And even then there's, like, Tax Man and there's some stuff that you can tell they want to get into, like, thematic stuff. And then... In the middle of the 60s, they were like, no, no, no. We're going to do Sergeant Pepper's and Yellow Submarine. and yeah, out of nowhere. It, it's, it's like a whole different band. Yeah. It's like a completely different group of people. And then they're going to close that. And then a couple years... Again, just a couple years later, we're going to get the White Album and we're going to get Abbey Road. And it's... Mm-hmm. I think... Any one band should be impressed to get those over the course of a 20, 25 year career making music together. And they did all of those in less than a decade. Yeah. And every one of those is formative to what happens in music and is, they're all really solid, cohesive albums too.
0: So their first album came out in 1963 and Let It Be came out in 1970 that's crazy seven year stretch what's the best seven year stretch you've ever had oh definitely not the one i'm in right now probably, <laughs> hey bro you get married one to seven, in seven, like two weeks i'd be careful with that probably one to seven think about all the things you learned and accomplished that's like, true i learned how to, I learned how to walk I, was, I went from nothing to walking i learned I how to eight. speak an entire language you were not eight saw that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I
2: was a slow walker.
0: <laughs> so I there's just and I think a pattern you will notice is we're all going to pick songs later on in their tenure because the early ones, um, uh, much like we'll talk kind of like about how One Direction and Harry Styles evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Um, it started off as this super poppy boy band, let's get the hits out.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit like oh. bubblegum pop in that early part of the career, yeah, like and it's simple great. and fun well, music that's what to Rock and listen and Roll to. Was well, yeah, yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying, like that's like they took, they did exactly what Chuck Berry and Buddy Holly were doing, and they took that and turned it into Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah, I mean it's
2: kind in of what we saw like John Mayer do. I mean it's the same thing where like Your Body Is a Wonderland is kind of again like the bubblegum pop, of course and then he turns it into what became continuum like i i think the the direction they took yeah we've seen that inspire countless artists where i think there's this maturity that comes with just being in the industry that you learn yep. like just being at the top of the charts isn't real like for these guys a lot of their like heart and soul is in this music and so they want to genuinely express themselves and i think it takes some time to get there where at first i think you just want to win a Grammy or, or be at the yeah, top of the yeah. charts or, or do what's going to make you make popular. a lot of money yeah and then once you get into it you're like no I, I want to express myself I want to put things out that are going
0: to make a difference or if you're Justin Bieber you make okay. Yummy 15 years after your, or 10 years but um, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Beebs. No, I don't dislike no like you I actually like you there's
1: some good um, stuff in there Yummy's not great but he's got some good stuff he's in got his some good back stuff. catalog Yummy,
0: yummy, yummy. Yeah, okay. it's not that
1: um, one. That's not the one.
0: <laughs> to that point, and I want us to, I want us to dive into songs a little bit here yeah. in a second, but to that point, like we see the evolution that John Mayers had from Room for Squares to Born and Raised Paradise Valley and back to the search for everything. That was seventeen years of yeah. evolution and changing it as music and the Beatles did it in seven in yeah, seven years. It's so crazy. It's just ridiculous. And then went on to have successful careers professionally. So um, just the volume before, of songwriting
1: in seven years is impressive. It's a
0: ton. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How do you do that? And I'm it doesn't feel like they didn't make the cut.
1: Right. It doesn't feel like they had, you know, a couple good singles and then wrote filler for the rest of these uh-huh. albums. It uh-huh. felt like they had those albums worth of music to put out into the world in seven years, which artists like beg for. (laughs) And they were just like, I don't know. And John and Paul can pretty much write a whole album in like four hours if they really want to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it can be like, be one of their strengths of not actually co-writing. Yeah. That they can just put it together. Let like half the time go. No, that's true. (laughs) true.
1: There's probably something to that.
0: Um, so right, before the pod, we were discussing, and we each wanted to pick one song. Um, I promise, guys, we prepped, so we're not going to double dip like we did earlier. Um, <laughs> remind me of double dip when we get to the silly zone, please. Can you please? I have a, I have a question I want to get off of. That is now so
1: mysterious. Time. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. It I'm actually very specifically of, not
2: going to remind you, because part of me does know, not. Please, oh, no, don't I'm, I'm going to remind you, because <laughs> i got to know what the follow-up to this is. It has to do with sandwiches.
1: <laughs> I love it already.
0: Okay, so. Cam, what's your song?
2: Yeah, so I'm looking at, at Yesterday um, as one of I mean, their most iconic songs. I, I think people kind of generally agree when they think of the Beatles. This is one of the first songs that comes to mind. I think it's like the third most streamed on Spotify when I was looking today. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, no I I think yeah no big deal. Um, what I think is interesting about about this song, um, it, it kind of reminded me of the the line from The Office um, at, at the in the finale with Andy, where he says like I wish I could know I was in the good old days before I left them. This idea mm. of like. Um, I wish I cherished yesterday for what it was back then instead of only being able to look back at it with nostalgia. Um, And I think that's kind of where they're at in this song where it's like, um, he even says like, yesterday love was such an easy game to play. Now I need a place to hide away. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Um, Kind of this, he literally says, I am longing. Now I long for yesterday. And so what I what I wanted to to look at here um was I think we spend a lot of time kind of as Christians um focusing on on two things um we we look forward a lot and we look back a lot but I think we sometimes fail to look at today um, I, I had a, there's a lot of fireworks going off y'all. It's the third of so July. Many. It's awesome. Is that yours?
0: I thought Alex that, was doing that something is silly. No, it is, it is a lot of fireworks in Alex's backyard, basically. Aha. Oh, it's
2: yours too? Okay. There's a bunch going oh, off yeah. here. There's a whole show going We're on. We're double dipping. We are double dipping. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see how many times we can say that. No, but with, with yesterday. Double
0: dipping, double dipping, double
2: dipping. Um, wait. Yeah. Um. What it made me think of was was a conversation I had with somebody, who I think I've talked about this, but I think it was on our Back to the Future pod, which is lost forever. Um, so Stop. I I feel Don't do that to me. I feel disappeared I, into the code. I never <laughs> blamed you, um, but I, I I feel comfortable saying it again. Um, I, I had a conversation with some friends who were were up for this position and and they didn't know if they were going to get it, and and one of them asked, or I asked them, I said why are you scared? And they said, well, what if I don't get it? I said, okay, well, what if what if you don't get it? And and they felt like they weren't going to be able to make the impact they wanted to without the position. And I think it made me realize, like, no matter what position you're in, you can have an impact on the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What I think is cool is Jesus' ministry, what we look at as, like, his, his actual time in ministry, which was about four years, from Sermon on the Mount to crucifixion, resurrection, ascension was about four years the same amount of time it took us to get a college degree Jesus saved the world and I think a big reason he did that was really focusing on what was going on in that moment, being intentional when, when he saw Zacchaeus as a man who was longing for him, he didn't think oh, I, I gotta do this thing because it's gonna impact tomorrow, which is gonna impact the next day and the next day and the next day he focused on mm-hmm. yeah. how can I make a difference right now and, and that's going to keep you from getting in these moments where now you're looking back at yesterday thinking, man, I, I wish I still could cherish those memories. Because what you're cherishing is the impact you made on the people around you. And I think you know, we're obviously never going to reach the level that, that Jesus did. But if we're going <laughs> to have a Christ-like impact, a proportional Christ-like impact on people, we have to focus on what's going on right now. Yeah. I've got to be intentional with you guys today because in 20 years I don't know what our relationship's gonna look like but I don't want to be looking back being like oh I, I wish X would have happened X would have happened X would have happened. We've got to be intentional about it and I, I think that's yeah. that's what they're missing in this song that's what that longing is um, yeah. So yeah that's kind of that's kind of where it left me.
1: It's so, cool but, that uh, Jesus did that in four years because it took John Lennon like eight to think that he was the Messiah. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we'll have our John Lennon talk. Um, I think it's, it reminds me of one of the weird, so, you know, mid-century last year, I think the church in early century, last century, not last year, um, <laughs> realized the power of the afterlife. Mm. And what I mean is, they realized that if they wanted people to come to Jesus to know God, that telling them about heaven and hell and scaring it out of them yeah. was extremely effective for the time, right? It was a, a time of such fear, yeah. um, of such uncertainty. You had things like the Great Depression, you had two world wars, you had the Cold War. And so telling someone that, like, you don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like. Um, a decision needs to be made, um, was extremely effective. Yeah. And it, we lost so much of who Christ was in that. Right.
1: Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that remains a, a tactic that's used a lot of times, this idea sure that, is. that we need to scare people into wanting to do what we're doing. But in reality, like, this world... Was created as a gift, you know. Yeah. the The world that we live in was created to be full of beauty that we could enjoy for the time that we are here, right? You know, and I think to try to lure people into this idea that we should be afraid all the time because we don't know what's going to happen, and you need to get on board with us because if not, you're going to go to hell, and things are bad there. And like bad. they are, that's Lake true. It's not great, um, yeah, no. but it's also it misses the point to live for your death if you're living for what happens after your life then are you really living in the first place because we need to be living for what we've been given here the 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 beauty of nature and the beauty of the world around us and the people around us while we're here and instead yeah. of trying to scare people into this thing that we we want them to be a part of we need to be showing them the joy and the beauty of what it is to be a part of the family of God.
0: Well, that actually really brings me into what I wanted to talk about because it's it's a touchy subject to talk about your legacy, mm. right? Um, I don't want people to hear me think when I talk about my legacy um, that I am being self-centered in some sort of way, that I care more about what I do than the image of Christ that I put out because that's the exact opposite. Um, But there's this thing that at the end of your life, God is giving you an opportunity right now to live for him and to be like him. Mm -hmm. And we spend so much of our lives longing after what's next that we are blind to what's happening right now. There's a line in the song, Eleanor Rigby, where... And the song is all about this lady named Eleanor Rigby and a priest, Father McKenzie. And they are both just super loners, no friends, nothing. And it starts off, and it ends with Eleanor dying and Father McKenzie doing her funeral. Mm-hmm. And it says Eleanor Rigby died in the church and was buried along with her name. Oof. That's that song so really does good. something to me. Yeah. So when when you think about and it just and this song this is a song about loneliness, um, but it's also a song about inaction. Yeah. Yeah. And it the whole idea is and I was reading about how when they were talking with Paul McCartney about how he just couldn't figure out how to finish the song. Um, yeah. He ended up taking these two characters that he had built in the song that had no one and bringing them together when it was too late mm. and man. so there's, there's a lot of times in our lives where we see our circumstance and we think oh I can't wait until this right? or like man just imagine what life is going to be like this or I just wish I could do this or I wish I could be this and there's power in that and there's power in hope and there's such strength and truth in how good it is going to be when we're with God after this or what God is going to do in your life but if we miss the opportunity we've been laid right now if we miss the action that we should be taking right now then we may never get to that um, later on in life that we've always dreamed of life is such a game of dominoes you know, and if you don't move, nothing is going to move around you. You can't yeah. expect the world to move with you. It will move around you, but it may leave you in the process.
1: Yeah, and that song kind of speaks to that idea in the other verses, too, that, that Father McKenzie verse he talks about. He's, he's writing the words to a sermon that no one will hear.
0: It's ridiculous. It's such a terrifying statement it, for someone. It is <laughs> for people so in ministry. Sad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's also so it's poignant. Atmosphere. Like he's sitting there prepping this thing, but it's going to go to no one. It's going to serve no purpose because no one's going to hear it. He's sitting there prepping, but he's looking so far down the road, Cam, like you were talking about. He's looking so far that he's missing the fact that like, oh, this isn't going to isn't going to do me any good anyway because I'm not present now he's writing the words to a sermon that no one will hear no one comes near is the next line you know he he is shutting himself off and missing the opportunity to connect now shooting for a thing down the road that even he sort of realizes may not serve any purpose because he he does have that like overwhelming solitude and loneliness
2: Yeah. And I think even with this, there's like kind of a a youthful mindset that sometimes we can get trapped in of like, oh, you know, I'll I'll be this when I'm older. I'll make this impact when when I'm, you know, X amount of years down the road. Um, We see it a lot in in the church, people saying like, oh, I'll I'll lead in, in ministry or I'll do this, you know, when when I have a job. Um, and and mm. stuff like that. And I think that's a really limiting idea. I mean, we look again, I think I mentioned this before. We look at the disciples. They were all younger than us for the most part. I mean, most likely they, yes, were, they were teenagers. And so um, the Came idea the crop, that like baby. God is is limited to use you based on your age. Um, I think if you really want to make an impact now, I think one, one way I've seen this play out in my life, was you know I'm I'm passionate about like human trafficking and and that social cause and so it, it's really easy for me to sit here and I had this conversation with myself of I need to become educated and get a degree and then I'll go on to make that difference down the line but then it took me saying like okay wait how can I make a difference where I'm at I realized that that conversation wasn't happening at Missouri State and so I did the walk for freedom. And after that, there were like seven events on campus last year alone, which is seven more than has ever happened at Missouri State. <laughs> and I think if we, if we look at what Eleanor Rigby's talking about, I, th- I think it's like, like you said, that domino effect of what action can I take now that you know I disregard my youth, I disregard whatever's holding me back from doing it that's gonna let me let the dominoes fall and, and make an impact here today.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna use that as a beautiful jumping off point into the song that I wanted to talk about. Um, piggybacking which, off of that point, I see. I managed to not say piggybacking, and I was I was trying to keep it that way. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about Blackbird. Um, you know, you talk about living now and working now and and working for real change. Um, Blackbird is a a song that written in the '60s was designed to be politically motivated. Right. It was written in the middle of the civil rights movement in America. Um, this is a Paul song, because, bless him. Course, um, who else would have wrote it? And, right. Because <laughs> John Lennon has one thing, and it's being super rich and writing Imagine and thinking everyone should be poor, and also there's that one picture of him where his butt's out, and that's pretty much John Lennon. He'll <laughs> go, oh no! But... Um, the, Bird is also a British slang term for, like, a girl or a woman. So th- we talk about, like, we don't want to put authorial intent on these most of the time. Like, we're just kind of talking about them and, and letting the conversation go from there. But this is the thing that Paul McCartney has said. That's what the song is about, is that it, you, it could also be sung as Black Girl instead of Black Bird. Because he's writing it about the civil rights movement in America and... and you know, it may be a little bit of an underwhelming, like hopeful message, but it is this like, I know that things are hard, but this is the conversation that was happening in the 60s. And it's also the conversation that's happening now that things are hard, but we are still hopeful that they can get better. But I think the the way this song is written is so beautiful to me because um, it, it it's not... It never says that it's going to be easy. Right. Um, and I think that's a thing that we sometimes um, want to tell ourselves or want to tell new believers that once you get into this, it's going to be easy. Um, and that's just not the case. A, a walk in faith, a fight for social justice, a fight for our lives is never going to be easy. And, and the song is clear about that. It's, it's take these broken wings and learn to fly. He's not even really asking, take these broken wings and heal them. It's just, I need to learn how to move again. It's take these sunken eyes and learn to see with them. It's not fix them. It's just, let me learn how to use what it is in my brokenness. What is it even now, even when I don't feel like I'm perfect that can be used to continue to further the work that needs done. But the, the, uh, Sort of chorus that that repeated line at the very end into the light of the dark black night is so interesting to me because it's such an oxymoron, you know. The light of the dark black night kind of doesn't go together, but I think it's sort of saying the same thing, but on the other end of the work. That when you're talking about using broken wings to learn to fly, you know, you're wanting to be used in your brokenness, but when you're trying to go into the light of the dark black night, you're talking about. You can't wait for things to get better before you try to take action. Yeah. You can't wait for the light to show up. You have to fly into the darkness. You have to move into what's difficult and what's painful because if you don't, it'll never stop being difficult and painful. We can't just continue to wait for other people to speak up for what we might believe. We have to be willing to say it for ourselves. And I think this song... I don't think it maybe gets enough credit because it's a pretty acoustic guitar ballad and it sounds like he's writing a song about a pretty bird that he saw. Um, but it's such a like beautiful encapsulation of what was happening in the world at the time, which is still what's happening in the world now, as, as painful as that is to say, that's still what we're dealing with now. Right. But also just a picture of how important it is to know how to fight, how to push forward. Because I think so often we, especially those of us, the, this song about civil rights, so I'm not going to pretend it's not. there's not a difference between white people and black people in some ways. It, I think white people have this ability to sit and wait on the sidelines and hope that somebody else will change the things that we see as wrong. And And we can just wait for that problem to eventually solve itself because it doesn't affect us. But other people don't necessarily have that luxury. People of color in our country don't necessarily have that luxury. The three of us are all men. Women in this country don't necessarily have that luxury. But it's so easy for us to sit and wait until it's not the middle of the dark black night anymore. You know, we I think we want to rest on that. But we have to push while we're still broken and while it is still dark in front of us. That was quite a monologue.
0: That was really good too. but. Yeah when I hear you talk about the light and the dark black night, one thing it really gives me is seeing light where there is none. Mm, um, yeah. And especially as Christians and um, it is our job to be that catalyst. Um, it's our job to not sit and wait to see the light and to run into it, but to know there is light and to create it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, like you said, we can get so caught up and I'm going to sit back see what happens, and then I will give my support and do my job then when everything unfolds. But it is our job as Christians to care and love for those that need it, to fight for those that need it, to see every single person for how God sees every single person. Um, And that takes seeing the light and creating the change rather than waiting for the change to unfold in front of you and supporting it. It's very different. Um, And I think a lot of times I know I've been guilty of sitting back and waiting until I see something good and saying, I support this. I'll fight for this, but I didn't take any action into starting that.
2: Mm. Yeah. I think one of like the most famous just quotes of all time, I think oftentimes gets like swept under the rug because like it's, it's one of those, it's so common that like when you hear it, you're like, Oh, that's cute. But you don't think about what it's saying. It's, it's Gandhi. It's, be the change you want to see in the world. And like, I, yeah. I think that really applies here where I think so many times we're on this opposite side of like, we want change to happen. And, and I think we can agree change should happen, but it's really easy for us to like sit back and watch other people do it. When in fact, I think we're called to, to be that change. If, if we, even when we don't
0: realize it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah I, I think if, if we want, you know, it, it's, we can sit here and talk all day about, you know, this, you know, the the racial tension and the current civil rights movement going on and these things, but if we're not actively having conversations with people we disagree with, are we being a part of that change? No. We're sitting back in the sidelines and just being a part of groupthink and just letting our thoughts compound, but it's it's doing what Paul McCartney did of writing a song that is going to piss people off. Yeah. It's, it's, Saying things not necessarily with the intent of I want to cause a rift, but kind of in this way of like, I'm gonna go against the grain because I wanna be that change. Yeah. And and how are you doing that today? I, I don't know. I, I think it's something we
0: all can reflect on. Can can I give us a hand real quick? Can I can I give us a silent hand for how well we just did that? <laughs> like we, we had no idea how we were gonna transition between all three songs. And we might not suck. They just appeared
1: in front of us. They just presented themselves to us. And you we know? grabbed them. We took action. We grabbed life by the horns.
0: Yeah, we did. What is that? Uh, Whose slogan is that? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> but uh, as we go into the silly zone, speaking of double dip.
1: There it is. <laughs> it's back. <laughs>
0: So I was I was ordering lunch for everyone at work today, not on my dime. Trust me, <laughs> good um, call. <laughs> but we were getting Jason's deli, and uh, a, one of my coworkers wanted to get the beef eater. Uh, it's like a French dip, and it comes with that you know little juice that the French dip comes with. Yeah, uh, what's that called? Is my question.
1: That's the question here. For-
0: yeah, what is it? What is it called? Because like, we had a couple. We had a couple suggestions as to what we've called it our whole lives, and I have a favorite. And I know it's not what it's Ooh. actually called, but I have a favorite.
1: I don't... I was going to say French onion, but that doesn't sound right. That sounds like the thing you put, like, potato chips in.
0: French onion? Yeah, so...
1: Is it just French dip?
0: Can Can I tell you what it's called? I want I, you to think the I, funniest thing it's I called, and then you can tell me how you think I, it's pronounced. I found the real name. But Is it jus? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. So, my, I heard someone call it os juice <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Australian juice? I That's what it, it sounds sounds really like. Cool it's like really cool juice. I'm never going to call Aus it anything juice. else ever again.
2: Um, I know this is unrelated, but Grab Live by the Horns is Dodge Ram. There it is. Yeah. I was thinking that Longhorn steakhouse, and I was like, that doesn't feel right.
1: <laughs> okay, well, if I'm going to tell you honestly, before... The reason I asked is because in my brain I went Taco Bell, grab life by the horns. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so much better. And I than knew Taco that wasn't Bell. it. No. Uh, quick question it. though. Um, I found this tie sitting next to us as Cam was giving a really great point. And yeah, you are like the it.
1: definition of business casual <laughs> right now. <laughs>
0: A tie over a Cardinals jersey. No, you're the
2: definition of independence. That's what you are. Well,
1: here's here's the
0: thing. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting married in two weeks, boys. Two weeks from tomorrow. What? And yeah, two weeks from tomorrow. Why you and tell us? I I need to learn how to tie a tie. I need to. I know how to tie a tie. I needed to make sure I still had it. I had the goods. Mm, I get it. And so I just felt like you know what? When's a better time to practice than the present? Quite. A, <laughs> few, <laughs> so how <laughs> do you think moment. I did? Is my question. Right. Do you think I did a good job? That's not bad. I've seen uh, worse. I think it's a good length, Hold on. Look. look,
1: you're, the, look now, the, hold, the, the... Now, now I've just bad, th- seen Alex. something. Good. Now, I, I actually might want to so amend my behind. previous answer. What, can, will you separate the front and back of the tie? This and is going to have to be the video clip we pull. That back of the tie is about two inches long.
0: Yeah, but I had to do that to get it down to the belly button.
1: This is a bad tie. That's my take. Correct. I don't know if you did a bad job. Your tie did a bad job. (laughs) My question is not my tie. It's whether I did a good job with what I had. The knot is not bad, but you you got to wear a different tie at the wedding.
0: But it's a good length. I mean, I'm wearing a different tie at the wedding. I've worn this tie so many times. You have no idea. It's my favorite tie. I um, hoped that you were already planning to wear a different tie when I said that
1: because (laughs) I realized if that was your wedding tie, I could be really stepping in something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Trust me. I don't have a wedding tie yet. we got two weeks. I have no idea what I'm
1: wearing. Yeah, you
2: got time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Every
2: time I ask you if I should wear a tie, you say, "Eh, if you want. I know. Which is very I, that's not a good enough answer, answer for us.
1: <laughs> we need to know. We
2: are so tempted Listen. to be really stupid. I'm gonna wear a Cubs tie if you keep talking like that.
0: Okay, Ooh. anything but a Cubs tie. <laughs>
1: That—that's the rules There cannot be that much freedom in this situation. Fine. I'm gonna text Lakers. Melody
0: and just see what, what she Melody wants. That's what Melody told to me. Hear. I said I do not she believe said they just- you. Uh, Okay, that's what's ridiculous. Is that you don't believe me? Is it ridiculous? No one ever listens to me.
1: (laughs) You have a podcast,
0: people you don't
1: don't know listen to to it.
2: Two weeks ago, (laughs) (laughs) and you said if you wear a tie, eh? Okay. None of that sounds accurate. That's what I was
0: told. She was like, if they want to wear a tie, they can. If they want to wear suspenders, they can. All they need to do is wear white shirt, gray pants. Brown shoes. That's all I got. i to get one. So that way you can switch it up a little bit. I'm going to walk the girls, in there looking the like David their-
2: Koresh with the short sleeve white shirt.
0: Gray pants <laughs> <laughs> the heck, there's nothing shoes. I want more. There's nothing I want more. <laughs> and a
2: mullet. Is
0: that the court leader that you could be?
2: <laughs> um, Jonestown, uh, wear the sunglasses.
0: Don't say Donald Trump. Don't say Donald Trump. Don't <laughs> oh, say Donald Trump.
1: Oh, what's him? that throws my answer right out the window. I guess. Oh, they're going to gonna be too late at the
2: wedding. Moving yeah,
1: probably. On. Jim Jones, a little bit of that action.
2: Oh, sunglasses would be moving an iconic on,
0: on.
1: look. Well, There's just one I...
0: groomsman in dark sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> that, that groomsman is definitely... Uh, oh, who would it be? Probably Lou. It's Luis. Um, See, I'm I don't even really, that that really know yeah. who yeah. the are. I yeah, I was going to say, it's, I don't know who the rest of them are. I'm just the best it's man. It's the nut house and Luis. Oh, Okay. Ah, okay. That's basically it. So, okay, Good let's move us. on. Let's move on. Uh, can we talk about John Lennon being the most overrated Beatle? Can we do that? Is yeah, that, as soon as Cam is done getting
1: shot, because that's I, a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, they threw that, like,
2: up on my porch. Holy
1: I was going to say, was that sitting, like, right on the roof on next to porch? the window behind you? <laughs> it really felt like it. Please take care of your porch. Um, <laughs> the porch is gone. <laughs>
0: which has been gone for years, brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh, good. John Lennon. Hey, by the way, John Lennon. Overrated. Not a lot of love for him. No. You know,
2: I just I can't get, get it.
1: behind it.
0: I don't. He's, he's like the visionary of the group. You see I a think. man's cheeks and you just feel like <laughs> I have to. he's one of the greatest.
1: I I yeah. I get where the love for him comes from. I think he's the the like high-minded idealist of the group. You know, and he was he was the hippie when when the hippie movement was happening. He was like the guy that people were like, Yes, peace and love, let's do it. But also I think he I think McCartney's a better vocalist. When you look at that, I think McCartney's a better songwriter. Big facts. And then I think the the he doesn't necessarily do anything for me in terms of performance. No. I think it's just like doesn't get my juices flowing. He wrote songs that are a lot of fun to listen to, but aren't as substantive as what McCartney did. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Hey Jude is an all-time classic, but it doesn't necessarily, like... It doesn't get me excited, you know? Like you said, it doesn't get my juices flowing.
2: Well, and only one of them recorded a song with Kanye West.
1: That's true. Also, only one of them recorded a song with Rihanna at the same time, so, like...
0: Can I make a bad joke, like a stupid joke that I Please wanted to make do. when we talked about his butt cheeks? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I want to say, Yoko,
1: oh no. Oh no. Hey. Zach, anyway, Yoko, this has been oh the entire the run of, of the Plain Sight Podcast. You Thank you for listening to every episode we've <laughs> ever put out. This will be the last one. <laughs> the cat in the hat. I couldn't think of
0: anything. Get it in there. I had to get it in there. Gosh, I hate this. Oh, man. Who would you rather play guitar and sing lead for the Bing- the Bengals? Um, John Lennon? <laughs> that ask that question. Cat in the hat.
2: What? Uh, John Lennon. That's yeah, not At least John a Lennon's
1: a musician. Don't Zach, have do you have a game? Try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you we know mute? that I do. Is it Can time? Can we just mute Alex and... I'm sorry, the the the
2: you just play Go. it this week? <laughs>
0: Alex, do you want to do an intro? Uh, you're listening to the greatest game show podcast name in history, a game show podcast named on the greatest game show podcast in the history, a game show podcast, podcast game shows. I said that backwards the entire time. This is Laffery yeah. with Zachary. To your be fair. Host, Zachary kuya.
2: I would never know if you said it backwards because I've never actually thought any of what you said was a cohesive thought.
1: It was odd just. <laughs> but there Humbling. is a way to. I try to right, decipher it as we it right go, and then I get confused. The time. <laughs> Sometimes you do that intro, and I get a little bit dizzy in real life.
0: <laughs> I black out.
1: Um. Okay. As per usual, before we start this game, um, what I have in front of me right now is an infinitely looping um set of the lyrics to uh, the Alphabet Aerobics. Uh, by Black Alicious. So I'm just gonna mm. scroll through. I'm just gonna swipe up as hard as I can, see where it lands. Uh, once we land in the A section of the C section, we'll know what to do. So we'll just. Um, gift got great, global good. No, that's not gonna do anything. Let's do it again. <laughs> Karate kick type Brits in my King. No, that's not gonna. Whoosh. Perfected poem, powerful punchlines, fun lyric, but no. Let's try one more. Um universal unique untouched unadult. No, okay, the U nobody likes the U section anyway. The- We're almost there. Let's this is the one. Whoo
0: over every single Let me do letter. a
1: double not look on this do a double. I just had I didn't have a sound effect to make for this one, so I decided to go squish. is good. let's one more cuz I I started talking in the middle of it. Wait, I got I got the sound effect for this one. Do one more. Okay, here one more just for camp. That's good, like a little Wheel of Fortune action. Actually, yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, artificial amateurs ah! aren't all amazing. Okay, Alex, you get to go first this week. I did the sound uh, effect, and it didn't even land on me. Yeah, well, you got to thank do the you for sound your service. Effect. That was your prize. Um, to to kick off season three, I'm going with a, a formula that we have recently fallen in love with. That I couldn't I couldn't deny after I found excited. I found this question on the Yahoo Answers service that said, a juicy hamburger is being offered to me, but I promised Paul McCartney I wouldn't eat meat. What do I do? That's right, this week we're playing Help Yahoo Answers Come Together, AKA Feet Down Below the Knee. Hey-oh. That's where they belong. I don't know what that lyric's <laughs> supposed to mean, but boy oh boy is it weird. Uh, as per usual, I'm going to give you a question from the Yahoo Answers service mm-hmm. with one word removed. Your job's uh, is to fill in that answer to the best of your ability. Whoever I deem closer gets the point for that round. Bet. Make sense? Sure. Oh, I'm ready. I'm not going to lie. Are... Before this game, I
2: literally thought I was like I should just Yahoo search every like <laughs> Beatles question so I could be prepared, but I decided not to. That's cheating. I went
1: deep for, for these, so I I don't know if you even would have found them. I I've, I have back channels that I've discovered. <laughs> He's like on the dark I almost web. tossed you a game that I called John Paul George or Ringo. Um, where I found like other John's, Paul's, George's, and Ringo's, and then I realized there aren't any other Ringo's, and I didn't want to leave him out of the game completely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a really funny bit, though.
1: Question one. Alex, you're going first this week. Yeah, bye, boo. Who blanked the Beatles? Pretty simple. (laughs) Who hurt the Beatles? Cam? Who blanked the Beatles? Beat. Who beat the Beatles? Interesting. The real question, who hates the Beatles? Why do people hate the Beatles? They're known for one of the best. Hold on. Let me try this again. I want to get it right. Why do people hate the Beatles? They're known for one of the best bands ever. <laughs> they're known for one of the best band ever. So they're not? In the category they're of best bands it. ever, they're known? So they They answered their question. No with a K, though. They're no for the best band ever. They're cano for Um. one of the best bands ever. (laughs) Who hates the Beatles? Um, Hurt and Beat are shockingly close. Um, I'm going to give that point to Alex because his also started with H. And that's the best (laughs) evidence I have for it because they're pretty similar thematically. Cam, you get to answer this one first. You got it. The Beatles or Blank. It is a multi-word blank, but I'm not going to tell you how many. The Beatles or blank? Is it too simple to go The Rolling Stones? I'm going The Rolling Stones. I'm doing it. Okay. Alex, The Beatles or blank? Five guys. This is interesting. The The real question was, The Beatles or the Jonas Brothers. Who is better? I like the Beatles, but I want to know everyone's opinion. <laughs> Please read me all the I like these. I wish I actually had the question pulled up. What I love is that some people use Yahoo Answers to try to learn something from an expert in a field. And some people are just like, hey, what are you guys talking about? I just want to chat for a little bit.
0: <laughs> Year um, I am going to give or- that point to
1: Cam because he picked a band. Um. As tempting as I was to say that Five Guys was somehow more like the Jonas Brothers, uh, Cam picked a pick. There's only three of them. So Cam's gonna get that point. We're one to one. That's always what we're looking for because we want drama at the end of the game. Alex, question three goes to you first. Are the Beatles copying blank? This one is also a multi-word blank, but again, I won't tell you how many. Are the Beatles copying blank? Gosh. Really ruminate on this.
2: This is a tough one.
1: I know. Who might the Beatles be copying? We've talked about how the Beatles were so original and so formative to the rest of music, but are the Beatles copying blank?
0: The Nicholas Cage.
1: <laughs> oh. Are the Beatles copying the Nicholas Cage Cam? What do you think? Are the, the Beatles right. copying? I, I Blink? feel like
2: realistically, like I could go the Rolling Stones. I'm gonna go Buddy Holly, but that again mm. feels too like of an actual answer for yeah. it. To See, here's the thing: you're either. thinking
1: about like this might be an actual question that someone would have. The real question was: Are the Beatles copying Justin Bieber? I was, I was gonna was thinking, say One Direction. The, I'm so I was gonna so mad. say the Jonas
0: Brothers again as a goof.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the Beatles have copied Justin's haircut, musical style, and numerous other things. Isn't this illegal? <laughs> oh,
2: interesting. Yes, they Nicholas did Cage right being
1: that. Uh, Nicholas Cage is closer chronologically to Justin. That Bieber, is my argument. So I am tempted to take Nicholas Cage, but Buddy Holly is also a he musician. stole the Declaration of Independence. Justin Bieber didn't do that. Buddy Holly gets the point this time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cam, question four is going to you first. You got a 2 1 lead right now, thanks to um, Alex talking himself out of a point. Cam, (laughs) good blank music like the Beatles? Good blank music like the Beatles? This is single word fill in. Ish. Good ish music. Good ish music by the Beatles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alex, what you got? Good blank music by the Beatles? Is it by or like? Uh, like the Beatles. Knitting. Good knitting music like the Beatles. The real question, good classical music like the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that somebody, somebody's like, mm, everything that's old is the same. So, like, <laughs> string quartets that Mozart wrote, and also the Beatles. It's all classical, pretty right? much. <laughs> they had violin. Now, this is interesting. Good-ish music or good knitting music? I think I'm going to give this point to Alex, because yeah, classical music does feel like music to knit to. Yeah, um, And I don't want to make the judgment that classical music is only good-ish. Can we make an um, X-rated there. version of this game that we don't air on the podcast? <laughs> That'll be that's next weekend's activity. Is that I'm on our Patreon? It, uh, <laughs> that's on our OnlyFans. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> finding God in your everyday life. Five ninety nine a month. Finding God in your OnlyFans account. <laughs> anyway, Alex, this one goes to you. <laughs> uh, question number five. We're at a two-two tie. Alex, yeah.
0: who blank John Lennon? Who hurt John Lennon? I'm going. I'm double. I love that you're staying on theme.
1: Down. Keeping the double down active, this podcast can. Who who blanked John Lennon? Who shot John Lennon?
0: It's just too easy.
1: You are both making my life very difficult because the real question is, who loves John Lennon? <laughs> I do. That is spelled W U V S. Who loves John Lennon? Not. I do. Now here's the thing. Please. I don't know about the exact circumstances of John Lennon's assassination. I don't know if it was one of those things where he, the guy, is like, "I love him so much that I have to shoot him." I, but I think that's a real thing. But here's the thing: I also think Yoko Ono might have hurt John Lennon, and they, they love don't each hurt other. you. They don't love you. Well, loved. <clears throat> this is. I've talked myself into both answers at the same time. They were both bad, and then I talked myself back into both of them. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Cam, because I do, I'm, I'm 90% you. sure that's a real thing, that he was like, I love John Lennon so much, I have to shoot him. No, it's not. Um, we'll look it up after. I don't fact check beforehand. I fact check after when some when a guest comes on the podcast <laughs> and tells, tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, question six is going to you first. You got a 3-2 lead right now. How many? Are there seven? There's seven. So we got two left. Alex, you need to get this one to force it to the last question. And I, I couldn't play this game without getting to our favorite Beatle. Do you think Ringo Starr is blank? Gay. Interesting. That's, the, that's the what came into Ringo my Starr mind, too. <laughs> that's, well, you gotta come up with a different one because I can't give a point if you both give the same <laughs> answer. <laughs> Alex, do you think Ringo Starr is blank? Happy. Hmm. The real question. Do you think Ringo Starr is cute? I do. I have this poster in my room back from about 1963. 1962 to 1966 he was cute. He looked like an old man when he had a mustache. Even then he was cute. I feel kind of bad for him because I think he was left out a bit. Now Paul is cuter and John is more handsome. John was handsome, not cute. Same goes for George. But Ringo is really cute. What do you think?
0: They said he was this left out. This person was on to way every too one much. one of them was cuter or more handsome than Ringo. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> this... <laughs> (laughs) This person listened to way too much Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, if you know what I
1: mean. (laughs) (laughs) This person might have done way too much Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, okay? (laughs) Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is interesting. Um, I am going to give that point to Alex. Because I think when people are happy, they uh, they shine, they glow, and they are especially cute. Can I can I argue my side to try and change your? You can. I no, agree keep the it point, moving. Alex. But please do. I almost gay. There, I could have talked myself into yours too. But. If any of us were to say that it is gay, so mm, why? Interesting.
0: I'm not sure. Now I say you're cute all the time. I can think my Ironically. homies are
1: cute. You know. Uh, platonically, y'all cute. <laughs> <laughs> y'all so cute.
0: Look at you right now. Right, fair point. Go ahead. Go y'all, ahead. Bunch y'all bunch of cuties. Platonically,
1: y'all bunch of cuties. Okay, Alex. Not not manufactured that tension was at all. David Freeze it's Game Six, two thousand and eleven.
0: Right there, me winning that one. <laughs> well, let's see if you can uh, finish the series here, Alex. I probably can't.
1: How much do you think Ringo Star blank? Cries. <laughs> everybody's so sad in your world alex it's been a rough week <laughs> who hurt them do you think he's hurt who hurt john lennon is he sad how much do you think he cries cam give us something different how much do you think ringo star blank
2: um man
1: <laughs> looks like we broke cam we
2: did for I, I, wanna, <laughs> I, I know what my first thought was, but I want to see if I came up with something more. wild. I was, I was gonna go uh, smiles. Wow, we are completely we'll interesting. Different just go, we'll just go opposites. Yeah, the
1: opposite. So opposite one day. of you is gonna give me cries, and one of you is gonna give me smiles. Well, this once again, you've done something unhelpful because the real question is, how much do you think Ringo Star weighs? <laughs> what i absolutely love about this is you could just google like ringo star height and weight and it'll come up like you could find out his height and weight yeah, but it's like but you're wearing the question on your is driver's is, license mine's like 60 pounds less than i am <laughs> hey that's okay we all got to do it for ourselves sometimes but what's funny to me is this question is not how much does ringo star weigh it's how much do you think ringo star weighs <laughs> okay you, the yahoo answers answerer what do you think like can just can i give Parker an idea for a tiebreaker
2: then since we both were
1: way off well i'm gonna pick a winner but please oh. i was gonna say you google his weight and alex and i both have to guess and whoever's closer this is more fun than what i was just gonna do 193 okay, pounds. You guess ringo star's weight wow quick you got it i'm furiously googling he was small. I'm going one, 162. Oh, you know what's incredibly difficult is that Ringo Starr has a song called The Weight. <laughs>
0: Zach, stop typing so loud. <laughs> <laughs> you're I hated you're that. doing an absolutely incredible <laughs> job. This is, wow, this is becoming really difficult. We went off the rails. You guys uh, riff about something. Um, I made a Donald Trump joke. We made an OnlyFans reference. And then what was the last thing we did? We're getting a little spicy. <laughs> that's my riff. We talked about uh,
1: platonically thinking each other Yeah, that's cute. what it was.
0: We're getting... Uh,
2: I, is it the first time we've mentioned that on this podcast? Though probably not. No,
0: y'all are cute. It, I on. think maybe Get it, it is here. the
1: first time on
0: here. Um, Cam, let's talk about this. All right. If you... What are your opinions on the long plastic popsicles?
2: I'm not a big popsicle guy in general. Me either. And I, are you talking about like the the like ice things that you? Like yeah, the, like the, the you summer
0: popsicle. You
2: oh, know? give me give me pink. If if you take the last pink one,
0: then it's hands.
2: I will I will say it's fade on sight.
0: Can
1: I get your answers again? 162, 193. The correct answer is approximately 149 pounds, according oh to his gosh. official wiki. So, first of all, somebody go feed, go feed Bingo <laughs> Star that juicy hamburger being offered to that first Yahoo Answers person. But second of all, Cam, you have won this week's episode. Help Yahoo Answers come together, A.K.A. feet down below the knee. Literally, the only place feet can go. Unless you're upside down, yeah, that's where feet look. are. <laughs> Underneath. <laughs> are, are you thinking like worse
0: than? <laughs> <laughs> look, Zach Feet me. are so Can much we worse click than just knees. Just giving me that look. <laughs> <laughs> like head nod. It's like when I, I look and stare at my dog and he turns his head to the side. Like what is I happening? I was gonna say I felt like a like a
1: confused bird for a second. Just <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't move, and then just the head just went a little out.
0: bit. Um, <laughs> Here's the thing. I think we should just end it. I think we should just cut it off. Um, I think we did a good job. Uh, a little behind the scenes for the podcast listeners. I say we just go straight to the outro. How, what do you guys think? Let's, Let's go do right it. All right. It. You guys are listening to the Plain Sight Podcast. We love and appreciate uh, that you made it this far. It's probably about two and a half of you. Um uh, Third time down. Send us an email. (laughs) plainsightpod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you want us to do, what you think about what we do, uh, your deepest thoughts, concerns, emotions, feelings, your dreams, your hopes, your nightmares. We want it all. Uh, plainsight underscore pod on the Twitters and the Instagrams and plainsight Podcast on Facebook. We thank you. We love you. Peace out. Girl Scout. Black Lives Matter, even if it's not on the timeline. Ooh. Ooh.
1: I mixed it up this week. Wash your hands. (laughs)